0: Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. I get enraged about the metric system. it's something I feel passionately about. Hi, and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy, and I was born in 1977. And I'm Jenny, her sister, born in 1974. So before we get into the episode today, I just want to go over a little housekeeping. Um, Jenny and I really need your help, guys. We're trying to grow this podcast, and we need some reviews, some sharing, some love from all of you, our two dozen listeners who are glued, glued into every word we're saying, <laughs> Um so if you can, please share the podcast, leave a leave a review on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen, tell your friends about us. I mean, come on. It's a Little House on the Prairie podcast. It's going to make great. you the most popular person in your friend circle. Speaking of popular and friends. Oh, Jesus. Aim, how's your group going? My group is amazing. <laughs> we still don't give away... Um, that book, because we need 50 people, and Amy, Amy has like 28 friends. Now? Yes, we need – so we have a Facebook group. It's called the Mimi Bees, and we talk a lot about things that we talk about on the podcast here. And I yelled at Jenny that she needs to be more involved because uh, <laughs> I feel like she's trying to sabotage it. I'm so, not trying to sabotage it. So Jenny's going to start sharing her index card material in the group. I'm and- do your thing and have your group mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, if i if i need to start paying people to join <laughs> just like do remind me of your childhood name people to be in your friends <laughs> so it's called the Mimi Bees and you know there's a long history there basically i had a group called the Mimi Bees when i was little jenny i let her in the group she took it over and kicked me out so i've restarted the Mimi Bees and it's M E mimi M-E, bees so um find us on facebook at gen x this is y letter x spell out the y and you can find the Mimi bees from there or you can find us on instagram i just started a twitter which i hate twitter but we're there so find us connect with us and help us grow our little pod so that um i could quit my job no i'm kidding i'm not gonna quit my job (laughs) But help us grow our little pod so that we can have more listeners and maybe create a nice kind of community of introspective Gen Xers is what I'm calling us. And I want to give away this damn cookbook. Oh, yeah. So the first 50 people who join are going to be entered into a random drawing. And one of you will walk away. You know what, Jenny, we need to do. Do you remember The prices Right with the little floating head? No, Wheel Fortune. Oh, Wheel Fortune. You had yeah. the floating head and you would go through the rooms and, and just shout out what you wanted. The best part of that It show. was the greatest part. Um, So we're going to give away a cookbook. It's like the Laura Ingalls cookbook. It's recipes from her original books, which is pretty awesome. So, you know we need to get to fifty, guys. Can you help yeah. us out can you Can you pay your friends a dollar? <laughs> like you just have to join you don't have to do anything. Just join you don't have to do anything, but you may see some things that you want to get involved in a discussion on, like when Amy starts going off about Pa or mm. some other exciting science stuff that we get involved in. yeah, another thing is Jenny and I've been um doing some movies, so we dropped Howard the Duck recently. We listen. hope you had a chance to listen to that. You do to answer your question, you do not have to watch the movie do to it. listen to our podcast. Don't like we did this for you. Don't do it. Don't don't watch that movie. You'll regret it. Our biggest fan, Ely, was asking me if there was anywhere free to see Howard the Duck. It is on Amazon Prime, but if you're not a Prime member, you have to pay for it. Don't pay for that movie. And do I it. told her really they should be paying us to watch it. <laughs> Like Howard the Duck should be paying us <laughs> to watch that piece of shit. So the answer is we give you enough summary and walk you through enough of it that you don't need to watch it because it's terrible. But Jenny, tell them what blockbuster we recently did that we're going to be dropping. So we just uh, did Heathers, which was actually a great movie and it was really fun to rewatch. So we're our, gonna be soon. our raw data file on that was over two hours. <laughs> Like we there's just talked and talked and talked. It's a lot there. There's a lot in that movie. I worked out a lot of my uh, high school angst. <laughs> it was you like do. a therapy session. So join us for Blockbusters. Dirty Dancing is out. It's been out. Howard the Duck has been out now. And we'll be dropping Heather's pretty soon, in the next couple weeks. Thanks for listening. Jenny, do you have any housekeeping? No, just someone be Amy's friend. Join the group. Join the group. All right. Let's get into the episode. Today, we're going to continue our look at Little House on the Prairie with season two, episode nine, At the End of the Rainbow. And I already am going to take issue with the title of this episode. While you're doing that, the description reads, while fishing in a stream, Laura and a friend discover something shiny in the water. Believing that is gold, Laura and Jonah take many secret trips to this spot to gather it all. Laura fantasizes about all the wonderful things she can afford for her family, but when she and Jonah haul their findings to the bank, they are both heartbroken and humiliated to learn that it's only fool's gold. I am going to take issue with the title of this episode. Whoever's naming these episodes does a terrible job. Okay. I think that a better episode title would have been Wickedness Let Loose. That's a terrible title. No, it's not. Mm -hmm. At yes. the end of the rainbow, really? You know what that means. I know what it means, but it's stupid. All right, okay. This episode was directed by Michael Landon, but written by a new name oh. that I did not recognize. We open with—I I just want to say—we open with a little bit of fancy camera work. Jenny, did you notice that? No. It was almost like drone footage. Like it was above. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like on a boom. Yeah. Yeah. We open on the bustling schoolyard of Miss Beatles' school. There are several children and a grown ass woman jumping a wooden horse. (laughs) I was like, is that an early balance beam? Like, what is that? That woman was like, I thought she's one of the kids' mothers. (laughs) Nope, a student. The camera pans over something shiny in the dirt. Cut to Laura and Mary, who are on a bench, obviously looking for the same something. Then, you notice behind them, Willie is flinging rocks at graves. (laughs) willie is a great character willie is a scrappy opportunist i love that kid is going places i love him soon a boy we never met before yells out that he's found a nickel (laughs) and willie attacks him (laughs) (laughs) and lays into a man (laughs) and like i have a question what would these kids do for a dollar if this (laughs) is what they do for a nickel oh my god i know so they are literally fighting and (laughs) laura and mary are like fight fight and the children stand around cheer them on and jen This is so familiar to us. Oh, yeah. Not only have I been in this fight, but Mm -hmm. I've seen a million of these, right? Yep. Okay. Um, Miss Beetle finally breaks up the fight after it goes on way too long. Way too long. Miss Beetle asks if anyone saw what happened. Mary speaks up and Miss Beetle says, Mary, did you see what happened, Jen? Mary describes in detail the notches on this nickel and that it has some kind of gum stuck on it. Tree gum. And then then Miss Beetle says, well, I don't know how Mary's nickel fell out of Willie's pocket. And I wrote, how Mary's nickel fell out of Willie's pocket is their next quantum physics lesson. (laughs) Do you notice Mary wasn't wearing her glasses? Yes, of course. Okay, so would we ask her what she saw? She must have LASIKs or something. Cause... She would have just seen two shadowy figures <laughs> <laughs> moving in the night. For those of you who did not listen to our episode Four Eyes, Season Two, Episode Two, mm-hmm. Four Eyes, listen to it because when she gets the glasses, it's like she's never seen anything before. But again, to be fair, we did skip a bunch of episodes between now and then. Well, you a think lot. she had LASIK surgery in between? Yeah, like I don't know why. <laughs> well, how do they just? How do they explain this? We don't know, right? We don't know how they explain this. They don't. Amy, why don't you do an index card on that? You go back and figure out what happened to Mary's eyesight. I don't have any post-its left. I'll have to get some. As Miss Beetle is rushing the children back into the schoolhouse, she makes a comment about feeling like it is Sutter's Mill all over again. And Laura's natural intellectual curiosity is automatically piqued. And she asks what Sutter's Mill was. And Miss Beetle tells them, come on in, I'll do a quick lesson on it. And then Laura, before she goes in, asks the boy who was fighting Willie if he wants to go fishing Saturday. The next scene, we have Pa driving the girl somewhere in the wagon. And Laura is telling Pa what they've learned about Sutter's Mill. Well, she's trying. She really needs to work on vocabulary. Shut up. I hate you so much. Um, (laughs) Sutter's Mill was the site of a gold rush laura's telling paul the story about the thousands of men who brave terrible hardships like she's really putting a dramatic spin on this we start to see the writer in her emerging a little mm-hmm. bit she's setting yes. a scene here she's pulling the reader in and what does fucking mary do she keeps interrupting with corrections <laughs> Like whatever. she's trying to help her learn whatever nerd Does she just want to let her go around saying those incorrect words? Is that what she wants her to do? Laura says the men killed and killed one another and they stole from each other. And it was, quote, wickedness let loose. And I'm like, I need a t-shirt that says that. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel, Jenny, like that could have been the subtitle of your graduation party from high school. I don't even remember that. Hmm. Pa says, I need help, Jenny. I need help. I'm a reader. I'm a pretty avid reader. No, no, no. I'm saying to you, (laughs) I need help because I didn't understand this next part. Something is not connecting here. Okay. Pa says some good came out of the gold rush also. Okay. I'm going to read this verbatim and that they wouldn't be here if it didn't happen. Laura, where would we be, Pa? Pa. Well, I don't know, Half Pint, but not looking for gold at the end of the rainbow. That's for sure. Not that there's anything wrong with gold. It's just that if it's around, people aren't too particular how they get it. I, I don't know what he's talking about. Well, they open the, like the gold rush had a lot to do with opening the West Dub. Right. But why does he say, when she says, where would we be? He says, I don't know, but not looking for gold at the end of the rainbow. So is he also a product of this gold rush? Or oh, is he I just saying they so. paved the way open? It, yeah, it's I don't think so. It's yeah, I, I just think that opened the West, like, at a at a really, hot, like, quick pace. Like, it probably wouldn't have happened as fast as it did. It's just, poor, it's poorly written. I'll, I'll rewrite this right now. He should yeah, have said, okay. yeah. well, yeah. I don't know, but we wouldn't have been here. Period. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Done. Okay. The next day, Laura and that kid, whose name we learn is Jonah, are fishing, and they're not having any luck. I can't spell or say Jonah, so... I uh, spent name. the whole mor- morning realizing that I can't spell paragraph. That's ironic. Or separate. Separate's a tough one. I have a hard I time throw with an a when there's an e. Yeah. yeah. Jonah catches something big, and his line gets snagged on a rock. Laura jumps in the river, full clothing, socks, what is she shoes. Doing? What does she do? She's trying to grab a fish with her bare hands. Like what the? But you. F- know- how do you even do that? Like that's not even possible. You I'm know sorry. how annoying it is to get your socks and shoes wet. Yep. Like, why didn't she stop and take her socks and shoes off? Because she had to grab the fish with her bare hands. Okay. Jenny, I want to tell you a story about something that happened yesterday where Little House kind of clashed with my real life. Did you burn down a barn? (laughs) No, I did not. Um, The girls wanted to go to this park, and I let them for a little bit. They're 13 now. They can do things like that. But the park is, like, adjacent to the Lackawanna River. So uh, when I picked them up, they were all wet. Oh, and I'm like, "What happened? They went in the river now, when I was there the day before, the river was we had a lot of rain here, so the river was really kind of rocky and gushing. I don't know terms for rivers. <laughs> it was gushing. You have, you have a big hole in your knowledge when it comes to <laughs> bodies of water. I feel and like. wildlife anything nature um so I picked the girls up, so they confessed to me that they went into the river. Not only did they go into the river, they walked across it. I mean, but your girls are super strong swimmers. Yeah, but I said to them, you clearly have never seen... This is the generational difference here. They did not see the episode of Little House (laughs) called The Camp Out, which we covered. So they don't have all this paranoia. (laughs) Right, where Laura and Nellie get shifted down the river and almost go over a waterfall. They don't have the natural fear of waterfalls. I mean, I don't either, but okay. But you would know the danger. I would think about it for a second, right? Because we've been conditioned. Yep, yeah. yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Okay, so anyway, so so I just saw a big generational gap there in caution. Okay, Laura's flailing around in the river. Like, not only does she walk into the river, she dives in her dress and everything. Trying to grab a fish. Trying to catch hands. a fish with her bare hands when she spots something sparkling like gold and they start freaking out. Jonah wants to run and tell everyone, but Laura doesn't want a repeat of Sutter's Mill. She's already manipulating Jonah. <laughs> so she makes a plan to pan for all the gold to get it all out and then tell the parents. And she makes Jonah swear to it on pain of death. The death oath. Did you get the part where she was like, they're like, how huh? he's like, How are we gonna know how to pan for gold? She's like, It's history, it's in our history books. Yes. Oh, oh, Laura. Yes. No, yes, nope. They start to walk away, and as they do, it begins to rain. They turn around, see a small fake rainbow, and Laura says, See, Jonah, there really is gold at the end of the rainbow. That night, Laura is reading by candlelight. For the so let's let's tally that up. Laura won. <laughs> Mary, Mary 17. 950. But Mary has some balls on her because she starts yelling at Laura. And it's like, you almost burned down our homestead, dude, doing the same thing. Like, what? But I do love this little scene because uh, Mary's like, you can't read that book. You can't read that. That's not homework. Like, okay, And then she's inspecting it. Like, this isn't homework. This is about mining. Laura's like and Mary goes you hate history and Laura's like I do but it's a sin to hate and I'm trying to get over it. Laura has become a boss. (laughs) I love her so much. Mary then asks if she could stop reading because she's keeping Mary awake. So funny. (sighs) Wow. I don't even know what to say there. Laura closes her eyes and immediately two seconds later begins dreaming. In her dream She is rich, and the entire Ingalls family is riding around town in a beautiful horse-drawn carriage. (laughs) They're all dressed in white, and they have a big basket of shiny, glittery apples. They pull up to the school, and Miss Beetle comes out, and she's, like, loving the apples. And then we hear this music, which is like a xylophone. I didn't know what was happening here. (laughs) And you see Willie and Nellie dressed in complete rags (laughs) standing behind Miss Beetle. So what Laura is experiencing here is Schadenfreuden. Yes. Yes, she is. Which is is the joy from other people's misery. Yep. And I did make a note on that later. I wrote, why are all her fantasies trolling the Olsens? Well, and I have to say, like, I feel like if this were Mary's dream, um, Laura might be there with the Olsons. Oh, Whatever. Mary doesn't have her glasses on, so she wouldn't know who's standing in front of <laughs> her. <laughs> the next day, the girls are walking to school and talking about Laura's dream. Laura asks Mary what she would want if she could have anything. And Mary says something for mom Oh, she's such a nerd. Mary okay. says, this is silly. They don't, they, we have everything we need. Really? Really, Mary? You don't want, oh, I don't know, a third dress? Indoor plumbing? <laughs> A little Um, glitz to take the boulder off of your father's back who's working himself (laughs) into an early grave? (laughs) Jesus. All right, I feel like that's unfair because if Laura said that, you'd be like, she's such an empath. Yeah, maybe. Laura ignores Mary, who is just the worst, (laughs) and runs to Jonah when she sees him. Jonah confesses that he almost had to tell Ma their secret. Laura says not to lie. But they need to make up a lie together to keep it straight. Nellie hears this and approaches Did you see her in the background? It was so funny. I loved it. Nellie approaches them and Laura goes, here comes big ears. (laughs) Nellie asks what's up and Laura tells her to fuck off. Nellie then shows her a shiny apple she's giving Miss Beetle. Laura rips it out of her hand and takes a bite. (laughs) Awesome. Loved it. Nellie runs off crying. Inside the classroom, the kids are talking math speak, and I zone out. Okay, so I have I want to get in here because <laughs> I have strong feelings oh, about that. I have don't get me started on the imperial system. Do you know what that is, Sam? Yes. Do you know what the imperial yeah. system is, and why the fuck the U.S. is not on the metric system, guys? I so wait, I have. Wait, a- if you turn to like Pod Save America right now, come back. I have an, an index card. <laughs> oh, why God. the fuck is the U.S. not on the metric system? Wait, let me do your music. Why is the U.S. not on the metric system? So the U.S. inherited the imperial system from the U.K., but it's only one of three countries in the world. Three countries in the entire world. There's 195 countries. Mm. The U.S., Liberia, and Miramar are the only countries in the world officially still on the imperial system. Mm. Fascinating. Yeah. So why hasn't this changed? The French invented the metric system in the 1780s, and Jefferson did propose it for the U.S., but both countries ultimately ended up using the imperial system. And the reason why um, we haven't changed it is because it takes an act of Congress. So oh, every time this has come up, it's been blocked by big business. Anything because, that takes an act of Congress, forget it. Yeah, It's been blocked by big business because during the Industrial Revolution, we implemented everything in, in the imperial system, obviously, and to refactor all of that would be extremely expensive and to retrain workers would take a lot of time. So, you know, that's why we haven't changed it yet. Um also many now this is what it said on on uh, encyclopedia britannica site but i feel like this is conjecture many people believe the u.s should keep its system to symbolize its status as a leader rather than a follower no no, no. okay that's opinion and- that's an addiction or an encyclopedia <laughs> it was on yeah britannica so first of all not only is that opinion and it shouldn't be on a yeah. encyclopedia, it, state, but like, second of all, was there research to support this? Was there a study? Second done? of all, there was probably some footnotes, but I didn't have time to look at. It. This was like two o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But like, if everyone in the world was, like everybody in the British Empire was on the imperial system, and then they all moved to metric, which is so much easier to learn and remember, wouldn't we be the followers? Like, we're not lead- like if everyone was on something, everyone left. You're not the leader, man. I don't You're know. just left behind. Uh, you're just and, an like, idiot. it's just, it's so much easier to like, cause those kids were going over like how many ounces in a pound? Like, cause you just have to remember all that and metric it's obvious. It's all like. See if you 10. can do this math problem. If we had like, say three dozen listeners and two dozen drop away at your index card, how many mm-hmm. are left? Am you can do that math even, I feel like. <laughs> okay. But it's just, I get enraged about the metric system, all right? It's something I feel passionately about. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Getting an insight into Jenny's life. <laughs> all right. So after the math speak, or during the math speak, Jonah asks how much an ounce of gold is worth, and Laura shoots him a death stare, and it's like that scene in Sopranos when they just stare at, oh, what's his name? The dude who they, uh, I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to spoil anything. But it's, it's when Tony Soprano shoots you this look, you're in trouble. But I feel like it would have been a non-issue and no one would have thought anything of it if Laura wasn't being so friggin' obvious. Jonah's a loose end at this point. Yeah, he is. He, he has needs to be taken know. care of. He's <laughs> <laughs> be- liability. <laughs> Miss Beetle says $20 an ounce. <laughs> okay, after school, Laura ditches Mary and runs home. Mary again, not wearing glasses. Laura rushes through her chores and heads to the creek to meet Jonah. But first she stops in the barn to get mining equipment. She Because meets- <laughs> there just happens to be a bunch of mining equipment in the barn? She meets Jonah and shows him what she's learned about panning for gold and it's a huge failure. <laughs> and I wrote, she's just sitting again in the river in her dress. These kids cannot figure this out. Like, they have the pan in the water. It's just like, they don't understand gravity even. Even we, we know Beatles how to pan for family. gold in a better way here. They need to come up with a new way. So Laura says they need a screen. And Jonah completely redeems himself here because the next day we see Willie and Nellie coming into the store and raiding the candy jars at the Olsen's Mercantile. Harriet kisses them goodbye and tells them not to slam the screen door. <laughs> Willie says he can't because it's not there. Jonah! Awesome. He steals their fucking <laughs> giant whole screen door. <laughs> I wrote... <laughs> I take back what I said about Jonah. I really do. He's a a good lieutenant. He is. (laughs) Laura arrives at school and Jonah's being harassed by Willie and Nellie. Laura steps in. She tells Jonah that if Nellie finds out what's happening, she'll murder him. Yeah. I mean, it's getting stakes are getting high. (laughs) Nellie vows to find out and plans to follow them after school. But I mean, Laura knows this. They're expecting it at this point. Yeah. All right. Laura runs to the creek after school, and Jonah's there with the Olsen screen door already in the river. (laughs) She asks where he got it, and he says he found it. He found a whole screen door. Love Love that kid. (laughs) He also says Willie tried to follow him, but he was able to shake him by leading him into a swamp. Jonah is showing Laura how well the new system works when they hear Willie and Nellie approaching. They grab the door and they hide it. And when Willie and Nellie approach, Laura and Jonah just pretend they're fishing. And Nellie freaks out and for the first time says something I completely agree with. Fishing is a complete waste of time. <laughs> yep. Unless you need Unless you it to eat. That's the caveat. If you need fishing to eat, you do you. It's fine. Well, then Laura talks about how they have to keep moving their hiding spot and stuff and like gets all Ozarks on it. Yes. Oh, okay. So Laura says, "See, it's getting dangerouser and dangerouser." <laughs> again, with again, blanket, she's really making right? up words like she is <laughs> showing her stylistic. Oh, oh that is. What that is? Mm-hmm. Okay. Laura says they're going to have to arrive at the river a different way every time and bury all their materials in a different place every time. And mm-hmm. I wrote, "She's okay." I wrote, "She's very Walter White here." And then I wanted to ask you, Jenny, did you see that Joe? I saw like the first three seasons. Oh, God. It's the greatest. We have a brief scene where Harriet is chasing flies because they have no screen door. (laughs) Um, And Nels is like, do you want me to order a new one? She's like, no, I just want you to find ours. Because it'll take like four weeks to get a freaking screen door. Then cut to some very tone and handsome hands and arms reaching for a fiddle. Woof. Oh God! <laughs> Woof! it on a little thick, isn't it? <laughs> Did you notice that though? The shot—it no. was like you just saw Charles' hands reaching in there for, and he has nice hands Whatever. and arms. Laura asked Paul what he would wish for if he could have anything, and he says nothing. I have everything I need right here. But ironically, they adapt pretty, like, he's like, I have everything I need, but then, like... She presses need... him, and suddenly he comes Caroline. up with, like, a laundry list. Yeah, they, like, adapt pretty quick to being rich. I need a bigger house, a room for each of my girls, a sewing <laughs> room for Caroline, and Caroline says she just wishes she could go into Olsen's and buy everything she wanted just once. She wants a pretty woman, that shit. And then Trash Kid opens her mouth and says, I play the fiddle okay asshole we get it like we're not allowed to have flights of fancy here pa play your fiddle so pa plays a beautiful song and laura just staring at the lantern begins to daydream i love the dream sequence she's wearing in the dream in the rich fantasy the ingles are again all dressed in these beautiful white clothes and jenny i have a question Okay. Why would you bother wearing nice clothes when literally everything around you is dirt? I mean, I'm assuming that's some kind of rich thing. Like, I can wear white because I don't touch dirt. Um, Or they're dead. I wasn't sure. (laughs) Like, they're walking across the ground and there's just, like, pig pen in the peanuts thing. (laughs) Like, dirt is just flailing up behind them. And I'm like, why would you even bother? Like, I would just be dressed in rags all the time if I lived in this time period. all right. Oh, okay i would imagine just how bags. much talking laundry caroline has to do and she has to do it like on a washboard in the river yeah and she has to, like they each have like two dresses and laura's constantly diving into the river that's why like yeah it would take her half the day to do laundry probably exactly then i wrote why do all of her dreams involve trolling Olsons?" and then i wrote like especially nels like what did he do to her nelson do anything he's just guilty by association But like what was with with the country folk twangy theme music? That's what I was saying before. It was like almost like psychedelic, like a xylophone, like it's It's like that twangy, and it's like it's trying to be twangy, but it has a little synthesizing in it. Okay, and why are the Ingalls royalty? Like they have tears on. (laughs) I know, and is this the one? No, it's later where she goes to the castle, which is clearly Um. the worst graphic ever. Cinderella's castle. It's like she's literally driving into a page on a book. That castle's so (laughs) two-dimensional. The next day, Laura runs to the creek and finds the gold stuff is not where she left it. Jonah tells her he moved it because it didn't feel safe. She flips out on him. (laughs) And she breaks his arm. (laughs) And she says, boy, this is, oh, Jonah says, boy, this is Sutter's mill all over again. Bang, bang, you're dead and the gold is all mine. (laughs) I mean, they're going to kill each other soon if they don't turn this in. Laura apologizes, and then she and Jonah uh, struggle to do simple math, and I feel seen. (laughs) What they figure out is if gold is worth $20 an ounce, right? Is that what they said? $20 an ounce? That is worth $320 a pound, and then the unit of measure of 100, which is 100 pounds, is worth $32,000. Which, in today's money, given your calculations on your Post-it last time would be about $320,000. Whatever. Later that night, Charles is getting into bed, and he and Caroline are discussing how crazy Laura has been. Pa says maybe it's spring fever, and Caroline says, in August? And then Charles is like, look, she'll get over it. At least it's not affecting her schoolwork. She's been doing crazy math all this time. I see her doing multiplication in the thousands. I just want to say Laura has discovered applied math, and she's super excited. She is. The next day, Laura's doing her chores, and she and Pa is sitting there, and he's painting a sign for Hanson's Mill. Can I say something about the sign? Yeah. It is so obvious that the letters are made with a marker. So obvious. Like, what, is the, what are the prop people doing here? And it's so obvious that they've been stenciled out. Where's the stencil? <laughs> well, stencil you could do in those days, yeah, but, like, but he, you didn't have markers. It looks like he's freehanding it. I don't know. Maybe he's just coloring it in. I don't know. With the marker, with the magic marker. <laughs> Remember visible markers, like you would no. have those books, and you would have the marker, and you would color oh, yeah. over things, and things would appear. Yeah. Yep. Oh mm-hmm. my god! I need to find what those were. Hmm. I think they're still around. I feel like they are. I don't know. Somebody send me that link if you know what I'm talking yeah, okay. about. Okay. All right. Okay. It's under that link. All right. Um, okay, so Laura decides she's going to feel paw out on this whole, like, double deceptive life that she's living. And she asks Paw if it's okay if someone is hiding things from their family if it's for a good cause. And Charles says, like, a surprise? And Laura says, yes. He's like, as long as a person isn't doing anything wrong, I don't see what's the problem. Sure, it's fine. Laura's dancing with danger here. Laura, once again, has a daydream while she's mid-conversation standing in the barn. (laughs) I'm half waiting for Mr. Belvedere to show up in his dreams. In Laura's dream, we see the sign that Paul was painting, but now it says Ingalls Mill. <laughs> and she's riding around in a carriage with Jack. Oh, God. Why is Jack rich too? Jenny, I have to tell you something. In the books, Jack was a bulldog. Really? hmm And I have another bomb to drop on you. Are you ready? I'm ready. In the books, when Paul sold... Pat and Patty, the horses, he sold Jack. (laughs) Good. Mm -hmm. Why didn't they do that in the show? Mm -hmm. So I thought you would appreciate that. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Laura and Jack in this beautiful horse-drawn carriage go past Ingalls Mercantile and Ingalls Bank and the town is even named Ingalls Grove I loved that like fuck you walnut trees yep and the the again the Olsons come out in rags and we have the music and they bring Laura all these jars of candy and then the carriage goes to a castle with really really bad graphics like somebody no. said does anyone have a children's book with Cinderella's castle in it <laughs> uh, let's just zoom the camera in on that <laughs> That's how bad it was at the creek. We see Laura and Jonah have tons of bags full of gold at this point. Like, there's like a million dollars there. <laughs> and Can Laura, you imagine if that was really gold. I know Laura says they're gonna have to take it to Mr. Sprague at the bank. And if he doesn't have enough money in the bank, they're just gonna have to trust him for the rest. Jen, would this ever happen today? I mean, I don't even understand what's happening here. I know, and they, I mean, it would they would run out of money like. Don't forget, they didn't have like ATMs and shit. Well, to and we to know. Money. No one in Walnut is pulling a pull million dollars out of the bank. So we know from the episode Family Quarrel that when Doc Bake is, Baker is threatening Hanson, that the town could easily fall, run out of money. Right. And then what You're happens? are on credit. Then what yeah. happens? Hanson goes bankrupt and dies. <laughs> why is he dying (laughs) because he has no way to feed himself or (laughs) anything so laura says they're gonna meet here tomorrow instead of going to school and jonah's like we're skipping school laura's like yes fucker we are already living like on the edge she is amazing in this episode this money has gone to her head already the next day laura ditches mary and meets jonah at the creek we see the olsons leaving for school and they walk right through their (laughs) screen because it's back where do they think their screen went well and doesn't it smell like the river at this point i feel like it would be dirty and it's a white let's talk about this it is a white wooden screen that was in a river okay it would have tons of scratches on it by this point like the frame would would be be all scratched up laura and jonah enter town and they're pulling a huge cart with all of their bags they pull up at the bank and Laura says to Jonah, you stay here and keep an eye out for robbers. I mean, if this is gold, these kids are going to be dead in two seconds. Like when Jonah it. looks like he's six years old. You're going to put <laughs> him in charge of warding off robbers? Yeah. Anyway, Mr. Spragg comes out and immediately tells them it's fool's gold. And he feels terrible. It's iron pyrite. Oh my God. The bottom line is Laura and Jonah have fallen victim to what many did in the gold rush, which is fool's gold. But obviously Sprague can tell the difference by looking Sprague at it. Sprague can tell it immediately. Yeah. So Laura, Laura, oh He's and the hard lap of reality. I wrote this all happens in the middle of the day, right next to Hanson's, and Paul doesn't see any of this. And Hansen doesn't see it. Oh, you know what though Paul pulls up later. He does. So I don't think he was there yet. He does. Yeah. Because we all know Hansen just lets his men do whatever they want. So maybe just wasn't there. And Hansen's watching this like, let me see how this plays out. (laughs) Laura and Jonah lug the gold all the way back and dump (laughs) it into the river. Jonah seems fine, but Laura's super bummed. So they're dumping out the iron pyrite in the river and there looks like a giant pile of gold. And I just have to say that Jonah and Laura have learned a valuable lesson in geology. Yeah, I guess they have. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they've also learned just a valuable lesson overall. Like, don't put that much effort in until you know it's going to pay off. Just don't even <laughs> try, kids. Don't even try. Yeah. Just I mean, assume but you're going to fail al- at everything. But the alternative is if that was gold. I know. Like, everyone would have taken it. If this happened today, I would just scoop up a little teaspoon of it in my hand, whip up my iPhone... Take a picture of it, do a Google Im- image search, or maybe FaceTime with my bank and let them tell me <laughs> with my bank. I want to see you FaceTime with your bank <laughs> and holding a handful of gold from a river and see what kind of response you get. <laughs> They'll be like, this, you must be off for of medication. <laughs> well, Fargo's like, uh, can I help you? Okay. Sprague sees Charles arriving at the mill and tells him what happened. Narc. Charles finds Laura sitting at the creek. She's mortified. And I did feel really bad for her. I have a question. Yes. So as a mother. Yes. How would you comfort your child who thought you were going to be a millionaire for the last two weeks? (laughs) I don't know. Like, I think Charles handled it so well, and I'm going to get into that. Okay. (laughs) Charles tells her no one knows, don't worry about it, and he doesn't think it's funny. She tells him she was going to buy him everything he ever wanted. And Charles gently caresses her hair and says, half pint, listen, you give us everything we want every single day of our lives. And guess who's sitting on their couch tearing up? no you give us love respect and joy and you can't buy those things and i wrote big capital bold letters how can anyone possibly live up to this standard this man is setting <laughs> was timmy tearing up on the couch? uh t- no timmy wasn't even watching at one point he like scoffed at something but that was it mm-hmm. they walked- and he also says- go ahead he also says that it's okay because if he had all those rooms, it would take Carolyn forever to clean it. And I said, if that yeah, were gold, they him. could. Not him. She says that. She says that yeah. to help herself feel better, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that how you comfort oneself? I guess. If and I said, if that were gold, you could burn the house down every time it got dirty and rebuild it. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yep. Uh, so that's the end of the episode. I, I can't even tell you. How much I enjoyed this episode! I thought it was funny. I remembered it so well, and you know, just another example to showcase Charles Ingalls. I mean, not the dream sequences. I I, I kind of I remembered the episode generally, but I totally forgot about the dream sequences. Mm-hmm. They were awesome. Mm-hmm. They were great. <laughs> All right. So at the end of every episode, Jenny and I will look back and talk about a theme or something that emerged that we took with us or it affected us in some way and changed or maybe um, influenced how we did things or saw the world. We call it our why. So, Jenny, what is your why for this episode? So this is why I thought prospecting was a viable first career and started panning for gold. I fucking hate you. What? Go on. Yeah, like we used to go to the river. No, and why to- are you doing this to me? <laughs> <laughs> what? what? I are texted you, about? you last night, and I told you this was going to be my why not to take it. Oh, so what do you think the next thing I'm going to do is? Ugh. Go on, go on, because I have another one. No, I that's not my real why. <laughs> I was just trolling you. Okay, well we're going to do mine first then, because you already revealed it. Yep. Okay. Okay. This is why. I panned for gold in the dirty, <laughs> well, that's- polluted Lackawanna River, and that's I so anticlimactic after my wife. I honestly believed that I would find gold. A hundred percent believed it. You had a better chance of finding coal. Yeah, I believe. Like I really believed this. And Jenny, I can remember you being involved in this quite a bit. Hmm. And we got, like I said in the last episode, when we uh. You know, we're looking at this episode. We got those little sifters that came with the sand pails. We're Maybe that's why they made them. I don't know what size gold nugget you're trying to find. Because gold dust is <laughs> going to just blow right through that. But I'm always fascinated. And even now, like, there's that show Gold Rush that Timmy watches that I, I'm i kind of into it. Because it's finding gold. Okay, Jenny, go ahead. So this is why I became obsessed with pyrite. <laughs> yeah, it's way I, include, I included it in my third grade rocks and minerals science fair project. Mm, okay. That was not the year I won, though. I won a, an award the next year for my robotics project. Oh, I remember um, dad helping you with that. He did, and he, he got me like models and stuff from General Dynamics, which I don't know if you really could show that all to the public at the time but <laughs> i won um i used to wear it as a necklace when i went through that wiccan phase in high school mm-hmm. i used to buy it when i saw it in i remember when you I thought go. you were wiccan <laughs> and i and i beg to differ with brag like because i've bought this all over the place um it's worth at least 10 to 15 an ounce oh he tells it's them it's cheap. worthless yeah it's not cheap um i almost bought a large piece of it actually just last year at a rocks and minerals fair in san francisco oh, that i was at jesus christ um it's fascinating Is what it's like to vacation with you you go to the- um yeah I go to that's like things. we used to take the girls to ocean City, new jersey and mom made us go to the seashell museum i would like that no it was like a, a store yeah all right that doesn't sound too interesting no um, but instead of buying the giant piece of pyrite, I opted for Smoky Quartz. It's lighter and I had to fly. Oh, I can't even imagine how much fun you, you must be on vacation. It w- This was super interesting. It was very cool. Like I'm all about a good museum, but I don't think I'd go to a rocks and mineral. It wasn't a museum. It was a fa- like some kind of show and you like you were just yeah. digging through stuff and buying things. It was cool. They had some really like giant, cool things that were super expensive. I think I'd rather go fishing. Mm, Really? (laughs) Okay. All right, Jenny, why don't you tell everyone what we're doing next? The next episode is his father's son um, episode. I think it's, it's either 13 or 12 on Amazon. Um, and this is exciting because I believe Edwards gets attacked by a bear yes. in this episode. Yes. Yeah, I've been waiting for one of those because he gets attacked by a bear like 15 times. That's a trope. So, That's a trope. Yep. <laughs> yes, Yes, it is. So um, John Jr., I think this is the one, I'm not positive, where he, like, he forces John Jr. to go hunting even though John Jr. is like a poet mm-hmm. and doesn't want to kill things. And like mm-hmm. then he gets attacked by a bear and John Jr. Has a gun pointed at the bear but like can't shoot him. <laughs> That's, I feel like we've seen that before like what comes to mind is Ozark where they take Jonah out and they make him hunt and he doesn't want to and then he kills the deer and he's like haunted by it. Yeah but this is like literally like Edwards is getting killed by the bear. <laughs> and just, dude. Jenny what would you do if a bear was attacking me? I would shoot you and put you out of your misery. Wow. Because <laughs> you know I would I would have 10 books in me about that. Like I would have the, the PTSD Chronicles. <laughs> I would be writing and talking about it for 10 years. Jenny's like, you're going to put you out of your misery by shooting me. Mm-hmm. If you were being attacked by a bear, I would run the other way. Yeah, I know. I'd be scared. That's why why you or some other friend of mine who we grew up with would never be the people with me at a fight because you'd just run the other direction. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I just, I don't, I'm afraid of everything. So, okay. All right. So, uh, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. It was a lot of fun to watch and cover. And we'll see you next time. Hi, everyone. Amy here. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. We really appreciate it. To best support us, please consider subscribing, sharing, and leaving a review on Apple iTunes or anywhere you listen. You can connect with Jenny and me through our Facebook group, The Mimi Bees. You can find information on The Mimi Bees and all other projects by liking us on Facebook or Instagram at Y. letter X, spell out the Y. Thanks again. See you soon.